okay. We have just officially checked in for my first ever Instagram live. Um, hopefully this room starts to fill up quite quickly and I can introduce the segment um, that we're gonna be doing. So hopefully, obviously for those that are following me, my name's Kaz or Kazi from Property by Kazi. And today I'm gonna be doing my first ever Instagram live. Hopefully if this is successful, it's a nice little segment that we can do on a weekly basis. Um, the premise behind me setting it up is that I'm always inundated with questions, really good questions, but as somebody who's um, set up a few companies and has worked in management positions, I've realized the importance of delegating. So today I'm gonna to be delegating, and on a weekly basis, I'm gonna be delegating to having a guest on. Um, it's gonna help me answer some of your questions and give another spin their, their perspective you know on other people within the industry um, and hopefully we get some really good value some really good answers and you know other people's perspective on getting into property and learning about property now the man that I have on today is called Tex Jones friend of mine business partner um, we've done joint ventures in the past so I know he's really knowledgeable I'm going to introduce him um, you know when he formally when he gets here, but I just speak a little bit about his journey um, and what he's done. So he, like myself, is a property developer based in South London, specializing in HMOs, has also done rent to rent, as well as flips, conversions, and everything in between. So for those potentially looking to get into flips or get into, you know, get into property in general, feel free to make sure you get those questions over because that's what this is all about. I get flooded with questions in the DMs. Hopefully I've answered quite a few of those for quite a few of you, um, but it'll be good to, again, get somebody else's point of view and somebody else's perspective on some of those questions. I think as well, having quite a lot of questions, you know, let's, let's really utilize this resource because people charge for their time at the end of the day. And this is going to be free time, free advice, free gems that we're hopefully um, dropping on you guys. So he will be with us at around five past. Um, I'm seeing a few, we've got 60 people in here now, seeing some people that I've engaged with in the past. Uh, London Property Mom, hello, hi, good to see you in here. London Property Mom has actually got a live later on today, so check her out if you haven't already. Um, it's doing a lot of good things in property. Infinity Properties, how you doing? You good over there? Um, can I record this? I'm gonna try it. For those who know me, I'm not the best with technology, but I think I'm currently recording it. And I've been told if I stay under an hour um, that I can re-upload it. Is that right? Can somebody let me know? Actually, do you know what? I've been talking for a long time. Can someone let me know if they can actually hear me? I'm scrolling through the comments, but um, yeah. Can you actually hear me? Before I, before I have a technical malfunction and cry. Who knows about Mullies? <laughs> That's funny, I do. Actually, shout out Shara as well, the owner of Mullies, good guy, good, good guy. He actually uh, shared office space in the past. Um, okay, you can hear, that's amazing, that's amazing. So like I said, tech should be on, um, so feel free to like, you know, get those questions over. Don't have any yet, but hopefully we've got some really good questions. I know loads of people have been asking um, and do ask all the time, you know, about about whether it's getting into the industry, people's journeys, how they got into the industry, 
potentially, um, you know, what people have found hard, what they found easy, what works for them. But over the course of the next, let me say, to be honest, for the next 12 weeks, I've got back-to-back lives put up. So I've got lives with a property accountant, uh, two brokers, another investor, a conveyancing solicitor, the winner of The Apprentice, of the last Apprentice series, um, local agents, people that do rent to rent and have also moved out of London for slightly lower, um, you know, initial capital requirements. Because a lot of people ask, you know, I've got X amount of money, how can I get involved in property if it's not in London? And for me, I've always operated in London, but um, yeah, we're gonna have somebody on, Luke from iRent Properties, um, he's gonna be on in a couple of weeks as well, so hopefully he can really help with some questions. Make sure as well you tell your friends, cause I know a few people are gonna miss this, Everyone's saying, can I save it? But you've got to be here. You've got to be here right now. Let's get this room full. I'm going to be doing this every week, taking an hour out of my time. So get your friends in, tell a friend to tell a friend and get them all in here. Um, Mr. Jones told me five past. So do we believe that he's going to be here? Also, Tex Jones is a couple of followers away from 3,000 followers. And he's been putting out really good content for those who are not already following him, make sure you head over to his page, give him a follow. I'm sure we can get him to the 3000 by the end of this um, live as well. So let me double check now and add in Tex Jones. Quest. So hopefully, hopefully he's in, in time and should check in in a second. Got a couple of questions coming in as well, which is good. So hopefully he'll be ready for those. Um, in the meantime, for those who are following my story yesterday, I currently have two left out of the six Krispy Kremes that I got for free because I met one of the followers in Krispy Kremes and they bought me donuts. So this episode is sponsored by Krispy Kremes. Can I save the live? I think I am saving the live, I believe. But don't quote me on that because I'm not 100%. Um, so what can I do? You know what? Let me answer one question in regards to property at the moment. So you can ask a question in the comments or you can actually ask the question directly and they'll be saved. So that's funny. My first question is, can I save the live? <laughs> yes, I'll do my utmost. I do not know where this boy is. He's going to abandon me. So my whole premise was to get other people to ask the questions, however, and to answer the questions. But he just left me to have to deal with it myself. So um, let's hope that he gives us his time very shortly. Let's see what... I don't know. What can I catch but I can't throw? I don't know. Can you answer that for me, James? I like a riddle. Can anyone else answer that? What can you catch but you can't throw? He says it's gone fuzzy. Is it, is it um is it come back or am I good? Um so let us see. Just gonna try and add text again.
Who said Texas that tickled me? Oh, we have Karina Lepore in the building. Karina Lepore, Blitit guest. Um, Karina will be on um, an episode, we're thinking May. So make sure you go and follow her, follow her business. The Last Bakery um, just opened up a new branch in Beckenham. Winner of last year's Apprentice with, I believe, the most most wins in history. Is that right? Is that right? But she'll be on um, talking about property from a different perspective from somebody that's been a business owner and is using or going to be using, you know, the profits from that business and the success of a business to get into property down the line. It's not always a case of you have to get into property as your initial strategy. If you think you're really good at something else, sometimes your best case is to focus your areas, your focus your, you know, your time and your efforts on an area that you're good at. Um, and you've built, you know, you've built a lot of experience in and then use the capital down the line to get into property. So when we have our own, we'll be talking from a different perspective as well. Let me see what is going on. Okay, so Aztecs is not here. I am going to go against the name of this live and answer the first question. So the first question was, what was the first property that you bought and what did I learn from the process? Um, the first property that I bought was a flat in Sydenham. It was a one-bedroom flat. I bought it for, I believe, £200,000. Um, it was a property that was previously owned by a housing association. Um, then had an owner who didn't really look after it, so it required some serious modernization, um, hence getting it for a good price. Um, bought that property and realized it was quite big and was able to convert it from a one-bedroom to a two-bedroom with a license to alter agreement, the relevant building control, along with um, a full refurbishment and some slight reconfiguration. Held that property for around nine months and we sold at the end of the process for, I believe, uh, 317,000. Um, yeah, in terms of what I learned from it, I learned that there are amazing profits that can be made in property. I learned that one thing I learned that I always say, and I've said so many times, I think I've said every time I've gone live or done a podcast or had any sort of involvement, was that you don't make necessarily your money when you sell. I always kind of knew what it could sell for subject to the job being done well. Um, but the money was made from buying at the right price and making sure I did my numbers on how much I could spend, what the ceiling prices were in the area, doing the due diligence on the build costs and making sure that all of those numbers stacks. And if you sort of live within your spreadsheets, um, it's one of the easiest ways to make sure that you're successful in property. Alfred, how we do, Alfred, why are you not booked in for a live, Alfred? This is a very serious question. You, sir, should be booked in for a live very soon. I'm going to be DMing you after this and confirming the date. Can you confirm that you're going to be involved? Oh, I have to zoom in. My eyes are getting bad. This is a long question. How did you work your ways to become a full-time developer? Did you have to have a certain amount of money, uh, passive income before making the step? Um, so that question was effectively, how did I become a full-time developer? Um, and did I have to have a certain, certain amount of passive income before making the step? And this would be a really good question for Tex Jones, if he was here. Um, 
but effectively like, you don't necessarily have to however having an element of passive income means that you maybe don't have to take so many risks and therefore don't make so many mistakes so whilst you don't have to do that if you could arrange that i would recommend you know it would be beneficial so how i did that was through a rent to rent company um, that myself and Tex Jones, along with another member, um, Vincent, were the founding partners of. We built a rent-to-rent company that specialised in professional lets um, and HMOs. Um, we built it up to 250 units at its peak, um, cash flowing um, in excess of a million pounds a year. Um, now, what that meant was the rent-to-rent is an industry that doesn't have such high barriers to entry so we could get into property and also create an income stream that meant when it came to doing flips we didn't rush at things we didn't make mistakes we also could potentially spend slightly longer um in the deal and you know wait for the right price which meant we were more profitable in the long term so i do think um sort of hedging your bets and creating some sort of income whilst becoming a developer is a good option should it be possible get alfred on marky i'm gonna get alfred on i believe i'm gonna get alfred on um in may because like i said we've got some really good guests booked up already um and some people that i really want to have on reason being is because i'm always recommending people i'm recommending architects account oh we've got an architect on we've got alex over from aa drafting my architect who's done the house that went really viral the white house he did that he did the planning for the um, two unit development in the rear he did the planning for khadija house khadija walk various different properties um that i've done all of my conversions all of my flips my building control as well as my structural drawings and my cgi it's pretty much done everything over there so we're going to get him on because loads of people have questions in regards to planning about how they can add value their likelihood of getting planning they might have a property they already own that they want to see if they can add value to so i'm going to have him on but alfred yeah we're going to get you on in mid-may alfred for those who don't already follow him um does you know really nice good spec hmos in the midlands i really want to say birmingham but i might be incorrect so when i get you on you can confirm that um what is the best way to reach out to me i'm here i'm here i'm here and i'm live and direct reach out ask your question what did you want to know but if it's not something for the public forum just drop me a dm and i'm sure i'll get back to you a lot of you in here today have reached out to me in the dms and i've spoken to you um, we've had good conversations have done business with some people via the dms so yeah just reach out i'm only I'm only a click away where is tex that is a very good question that we're going to ask tex directly if you follow tex can you drop him a message right now and tell him to get over here because <laughs> we don't know where he is this he's 15 minutes in into his ask tex anything and we haven't found him so let's make sure that we get tex in here very soon my voice is going hoarse. I'm going to have a little LucasAid. We're also sponsored by LucasAid. People are going to judge me for drinking LucasAid original, but I think it's really tasty and um, I won't be judged. And also LucasAid orange was ruined by Jamie Oliver from the sugar tax. So this is now the best LucasAid. Mm. I feel like I have him here. I feel like I have him here. No, it's somebody else. I don't have him here um so let me see a couple of other questions 
who's actually message text for me? Can somebody, Shuna, can you message text? And Alfred as well, can you message text and find out what he's actually doing? Do you do JVs and what sort of minimum investment do you require? Now, JVs are a very interesting area at the moment. At the moment, I'm not really trying to hitch my cart to anybody else's horse because a lot of people want to do um, the BRR method, which, um, you know, whereas I prefer to flip. And if I am going to invest in something for the long term, I prefer for it to be a very specific property. Um, and also, I'm not necessarily trying to be financially tied to somebody for the long term. Um, however, how I tend to do JVs and, you know, the ones that have materialized recently will be where potentially somebody has an asset. Maybe it's their family home. Maybe it's something they inherited with a lot of potential to add value, but maybe don't have the expertise or the capital to really maximize the value of the asset. So what they will do is they will put the asset in and I'll bring the expertise and the finance to develop the property or the land or whatever you know the asset is or if it's a commercial premises um, and then we would take a current market valuation I would confirm how much I'm putting in regards to putting in in regards to capital and we would then have a profit share agreement of what it exceeds but the sum of those two figures but um, in terms of just joint ventures for flips and you know active sites that are found on the market or through auction I tend to take more passive investment from a JV. Um, so what I would do is you wouldn't necessarily be a joint venture partner. You'd be more of an investor. So you would invest a sum of capital um, and you would get a fixed return over a 12-month period. Best property to get into as a beginner? Um, that's a very broad question. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we have the man. The legend, Tex Jones, should be entering the building very shortly. Can we, you know, I mean, get some, get some hype, get those love hearts going? Because oh, we have you, sir. There he is. Excuse me. Uh, this is this is the phone I should be on on live with right now, and it's God knows what it's up to. Uh, yeah. So I had to I had to get another phone and uh, join. join. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? They always say. Too many project photos. I don't know. Oh, you're too busy as a developer. Do you know what? I haven't reached that level yet. But I hope one day I do reach the level in which I'm too busy as a developer to come into my own, you know, my own life. But as I've warmed the crowd, we're on 100 plus now. People within within the audience, you know, that are viewing that I've logged in to see you. I've already kind of gave them a brief overview of you. So for those just joining now, I'll just update things to say this segment is called Ask Somebody Else. I get asked so many questions on a daily basis, but what I've also realized is I have a network of amazing people around me that know so much. Some people loads, loads know more, so many different things that I want to get them involved so we can get different perspectives on property. Tex Jones um, from JRE Real Estate. If you're not following those two pages, make sure you follow them. They're putting out some great content. He's a property developer based in South London. From my understanding, he specializes in HMOs, conversions, also has a rent-to-rent brand, um, as well as doing some land deals, planning gain, and everything in between when it comes to property. Um, I need to use that 5G. I'm working on it. I don't know if I have 5G, but this is Tex Jones. So my first question to you on ask, you know, ask somebody else is let me ask you, Tex Jones, 
Can you tell the people about yourself? Hey guys, so um, my name is Tex Jones, as Kaz has introduced me. I'm a property developer, uh, property developer and investor based in South East London. And my main focus is uh, luxury HMOs, conversions to flats. So um, been in the game since 2014. And I know Kazim through um, mutual friend. And um, we've also worked together, had long running business together in property where we focus on HMOs. And we've always, um, one thing about me, I've always thought about the um, importance of brand um, and how, you know, building brands that live beyond you as an individual. So background is um, in terms of education is business management. Um, I went abroad. I lived in West Africa for two years, Republic of Benin working in manufacturing. I came back, did a master's in operations and logistics. So my plan has always been to be in property, but as a landlord, never knew you could do property full-time. Um, people around me were landlords, so I thought, you know, that, that's a long-term retirement plan, um, buy a property every five years, say. Um, but through networking, uh, like we're doing now, um, opened my mind up, met new people, had conversations. I ended up getting a job with a large development company, uh, left my grad job after 12 months. Um, took that on um, and then there kind of you know, opened my world to large-scale large, large scale development, which is what I want to do long-term, but, you know, how to structure deals um, using institutional finance. These are deals, you know, ranging from 60 million and up to 190 million um, PRS schemes, which are much larger than what I'm doing now, but I still apply the same ethics and ethos to my smaller deals in terms of my planning, systemization, um, delivery, quality of delivery, um, you know, the same ethics dealing with, you know, institutional investors. I apply the same system and processes dealing with my, my investors um, in terms of reporting monthly and the quarterly updates. So you you know this, uh, Kaz, that um, I am very much, to my own detriment, I'm thinking big scale. Um, it's good. We like that. <laughs> we like that. It's, there's a balance because we, for, for some people that obviously don't know our relationship, being we had a business that we ran um, for a long time together <laughs> and we both have very different skill sets. So one thing I would say to take away is that I am somebody who thinks very much about the here and now, what we can do now, what's, you know, immediately achievable with our current asset level, our current, you know, our current information that we have available yeah. and a very good at action in short term plans. Now Tex Jones, um, has really big goals and really big plans but having two people that have different skill sets a lot of the time allows you to mesh those and maximize for the best results yeah. so definitely a takeaway i think even if it's not a business partner but somebody who becomes a sounding board so you can you know you can call each other out when you're doing things wrong or you can you know help to push people when maybe somebody isn't as confident in some in a, a specific area so i definitely think making sure you know, whether it's a business partner, whether it's networking, just whether it's having somebody that's going to hold you accountable in property is really, you know, really, really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that, that um, you know, lo knowing over the past, so I was saying to another business partner that this, this whole pandemic, it's been trying, it's been testing, but over six years, six plus years in business, you, um, you become, um, you grow stamina, you know, you get, you get stamina for you know, a lot of people would look, a lot of people on the outside will look in and think, you know, how, how do you cope, you know, with so many moving parts? But it's um, it's it's a natural progression. Um, and I've learned, I know what my shortfallings are and I have business partners that cover those and I know what my strengths are and I lean into those. And, um, yeah, te teaming up 
um, I wouldn't be where I am today without leveraging, um, you know, support of others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big thinker, but that needs, you know, cohesive movement with a team. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And you touched on some things in your intro that I really liked, um, that I think I've seen some questions about, and I'm going to pick at them. And I think because somebody was late, I'm not going to name any names, but someone was a little bit late. We're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to have some in-depth questions and I'm going to give you some quick fire bits as well from what I've seen in the comments. But if you can guys use the comment section at the bottom, so the comments get pinned, so they're easier to find. If you put them in the chat, I've got to scroll up and through and you know what I mean? So it makes that a bit more difficult. So if you can, but one thing that I like that you spoke about was your work background prior to getting into property. Um, now you worked in a large, um, how would you describe where you worked as your last role before being, um, so I worked, um, so I think both my, so my, all, all my work experience post, post, uh, postgrad. So after a uni undergrad, you know, working, um, in manufacturing, helping, um, set up, you know, so a lot of my roles I've been in is, is building teams, um, so that's given me a lot of exposure. So the manufacturing role, um, having to even learn a new language, working with that, um, looking relatively young and trying to manage people that are well established in their roles and coming in at middle management level. Um, that that whole experience, getting used to, getting people's buy-in really, you know, you mm-hmm. can't achieve, even our painters and decorators, if they want to down tools tomorrow, we, we've mm-hmm. been there, you know, that you, <laughs> you know, we can only, you have to really get people's buy-in. So from that role, to my um, grad job, which was just uh, 12 months, but um, I had a team of 12, then uh, 78, um, was managing a line, and then so my... With your, with your grad job, did yeah. you get into that grad job with the intention to get into property, or yeah. do you just think that you took... Okay, so I could... I, I, what I was, I <laughs> yeah, because what I was asking more so, why I said that was a lot of people, you know, particularly people, you know, from the age of 60, I think you, you posted something about an 18-year-old reaching out to you, yes. saying you, they're inspired. And I would say um, a lot of people, particularly, I know, are starting at an earlier age now. Mm-hmm. So you took certain steps, um, you know, mm-hmm. to get a job, which I guess, one, having a good job that enabled you to save was very helpful. <laughs> and then a lot of the practical experience yeah. Would you say the practical experience you earned in those roles, very transformative? I think that's one thing a lot of people that want to work in property, they feel that to work in property in two years' time, I have to be doing everything on my, like, you know, my all my hours in the day have to be property focused. But one mm-hmm. thing I, I kind of was speaking about before you came was that you can prepare yourself to get into property without directly working in property. And I think you're a testament to that in that your first role that was a graduate job, there was no intention for property with the skill set that you developed. The intention was mm. that I could become a landlord with a good salary. Okay. So. I didn't know how to be. And, I, and I've said, all, not being a surveyor, not being an architect, not being, not having the skill set mm. of my power team has yeah. forced me to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you sit at the table as an entrepreneur developer and you understand 10% of the architect. You understand, you know, not to say I do know, you know, it's very, I do know the odd accountant that's a developer and the odd mm. architect that's a developer. But in the grand scheme of things, if we look at our power teams, yeah. they deal with developers all day in, day out, but yeah. rarely get into property. So I, I even think it could be counterproductive because so, yeah, you know, because... I'd be blinkered 
And so yeah, to seeing what you do and maybe seeing the downside of things sometimes because yeah. you see it on a day-to-day basis. No, that's that's a good point. And just so as a question then, um, because this is something a few people asked me that couldn't make it here today. They said, so take yourself back to being maybe 18, 21. How would you begin to prepare yourself to get into property? Um, how would you prepare um, prepare yourself to get into property. Um, get used to networking. It's a people business. Mm. I think that's the best thing you can do. Um, nephews, my nephews, younger cousins, um, bringing them along to environments where they understand business and just talking to people, uh, networking, feeling comfortable in different environments. Um, it's a very, very much people's business. So it's... Um, but that I think that is a skill set knowing how to even it's not all people. So I know that I um only a few of my, you know, my contractors, you know, we all get along. But there's some contractors that, you know, in terms of communication, we need to communicate with so many different people. You know, whether it's estate agents, there's a different way you're going to communicate to your estate agent, to your contractors, mm-hmm. to perhaps um, your investors. So communication is a skill set in property because you need a lot of people to mobilize to um, to achieve what you want to achieve, your goals. Um, and then off the back of that, I would say um, find your passion in property. A lot of people are chasing property because they think that there's money at the other end. But if you don't find what you enjoy in property, you will quickly um, fall out of love with the industry before you make any money. So it's, you know, this, and I, I, I laugh to myself all the time. Um, when I hear um, people talking about getting into property because it's passive income, mm. right? That uh, passive where? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's next yeah. time somebody tells you to pay them so that they can teach you how to be uh, benefiting from passive income in twelve months, tell them that. Text Joan said, "Stop lying." Because <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's 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 mythical, and um, it's not. If you're not passionate about it, um, it's. If I say if you're passionate about anything, you will be successful. No, I think that, that is a very good bite-sized takeaway. That if you, you obviously you can get into property for money, and because you're passionate about money, potentially that could work for you. But if you don't find a passion point or something that motivates you to get out of bed, go and get it. Make the phone calls when the phone calls are difficult. Liaise with the builders when they're awkward. Call the agents when they don't want to hear from you. You know, do your paperwork to make sure your lending application is going to be accepted. If you don't have the passion that's going to motivate you to do those things, you're going to struggle in the long term. So I think you really do need to find your find your why in property. So whether that's something that's motivating you, whether it's the money, whether it's the design, you know, what it is, but find something that's, that's motivating you within property to really, really be a success in it. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of questions now from the comments so okay so this is again this would be probably down to just your opinion but quick answer so someone's question was best place to buy in london for a first-time buyer um follow follow infrastructure so where's crossroad one going where's crossroad two going follow the money Follow the money. And I think just to add to that, obviously manage your budget because you've also, first time buyer, you've got to think that it 
it probably is your residential property. So there is obviously the investment element, but also consider what do you need from that property? Because there's no point following the money, but it's somewhere that you're going to have to maybe sell within a very short space of time because it's not going to meet your family needs. However, and I think, yeah, I always say it's something that we've always kind of had um, as a really sort of cornerstone of what we do when investing mm -hmm. is, you know, follow the infrastructure and follow the money. Um, because it's going to have um, Westfield, you know, just look yeah, where they're plowing millions of pounds. Exactly, exactly that. So next question for you. Uh, okay, so this is a question I get asked a lot. Again, I know Takes you haven't really invested outside of London. However, I'll ask you anyway. So I'm 22. I'm wanting to get into buy to lets with my partner, possibly a bit further up north as the property prices are cheaper. What do you think? Good or bad idea? Go a different route. Yeah, I would. Um, I think um, it's always nice to invest at home, but not to the detriment of him getting going. Mm. That, that's you know, in a nutshell. If if it means that um, you know, investing, doing anything, it's like you know, exercising a muscle. If you are, if you become used to, you know, working with a hundred thousand pounds property, when you come closer to home, it's just different numbers. You know, so if you can get going. Um, you know, why, why wait another two, three years? Um, there are areas that I that there are. I only invest in areas that personally I feel quite passionate about. I feel exciting. And outside of London, um, if I'm honest, it will probably be Birmingham and Manchester because I've been to those cities. Um, I'd live there. You know, there are other cities, and I guess that's just on my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure people go to other cities and find other things interesting. So that's you know have to also think about that because again it's not just a numbers game for me personally i need to also feel you know connected to the area even the type of properties you've seen the type of properties i buy um they've got curb appeal i'm not just again looking at the roi they do make money naturally um because i'm buying well but there's a number of other factors okay fair fair um we've got rory um rory kenny rory kenny has asked developments with planning what type of finance do you use? Um, yeah, that's just the end of the question. Finance, uh, bridging, um, buy to lets and private equity finance. Mm -hmm. So I've so one thing that I've been able to do is um, in properties that I've got a bit quite a bit of equity in is second charges. So that's um, it's like a bridge, but it's um, not fixed to the actual property that I'm purchasing. So I'm able to you know paid it off explain that a little one more time because i think a lot of people might not be familiar with that process so it's um so so assume you've got a buy to let property mm -hmm. with um 50 percent. so assume it's worth two hundred thousand. okay and you've got a hundred thousand mortgage on it yeah yep. um so that traditionally you can have um up to 75 percent loan to value mm -hmm. so on that property i might take out um for example i might get a fifty thousand pounds loan on that property um, and then that will enable me to go and use that. I'm not then tied to, you know, what project I can do that property. The lender knows that that equity is in the property. You know, it's all about, you know, worst case scenario, if they have to repossess the property, can they chuck it in an auction, get their money out? They don't, they're not looking to make a profit. You know, they just want to get their money out. And you know, they've, they've been doing this enough. They've done the numbers and they know that they'll be able to get their money out. So 
that's what a second charge is. It's um, or further advance. So you keep your existing mortgage at that rate and then the additional mortgage rather than doing a whole refinance. It can also be better because you're, it's just the higher mortgage that you pay an increase uh, loan to that um, interest rate. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Good answers. Um, John Major Property. By moving the kitchen to the living room without touching walls, do you still need to supply um, plans to certify that the? Sorry, dyslexic is kicking that's, in. That's dyslexic. I assume he's asking about um, when we do our two, our one bed to two yeah, bed. To two bed. Yeah, I touched on that earlier. Yeah, that's um, all subject to if it's presumably if it's a flat, you're going to have a lease. Um, mm-hmm. You know the simplicity of it. I like doing those in Victorian conversions because yeah. often, you know, just got one other freeholder, um, easy to talk to. When you're dealing with companies that are just looking at the numbers, or you're dealing with um, people don't like change. So if you're dealing yeah. with um, a block of eight people and they see that you you've just moved in, they don't know you from Adam. Um, you're knocking walls around, or they just get a sniff of what you're doing. You know, they can often, I, I've got a friend of mine that's had a bit of trouble with that recently and he kindly asks them, you know, oh, he's, he's even got shell freehold, so he sits on the board yeah. um, and they just didn't want him to move, move the stuff around. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, bit of information, I think this is quite like both of our focuses in terms of what we've done. Um, can you move stuff? Yes, you can. Your freeholder can't unduly reject it unless one of the main reasons they can is for stacking, for example. So if you're in a block of, block of flats and it's got bedroom above bedroom, but you're moving stuff around and now your bedroom is becoming your living room, they could decline it on that basis because you've now got a noisy room above what should be a quiet room. But generally speaking, they can't unduly um, reject your plans. You will need to bear in mind that you could need a license to alter agreement. You could need building control or you, you will need building control. Um, but it's definitely doable, but you do need to bear in mind who your freeholder is. They could make it, although they can't, you know, sort of unreasonably decline it, they could make it very expensive for you and maybe put costs in place that maybe would make the development not worth it. So I think having those conversations up front um, can be really beneficial. 100%. Yeah. Um, F.22 asked, what is the Insta for your architect? It is AA Drafting. If you can't find it for any reason, um, drop me a message and I'll ping you his details. Actually, for recommendations that are passed through to him, you get a between 5 or 10% discount. If you mention that property by Kazi, I one day I'm going to know how to do stuff like do this and it's just going to say stuff here. Um, but yeah, get in touch with him. Danny, look after you. Just tell him I sent you. Oh, Alfred invests in Coventry, by the way, not Birmingham. Alfred invests in. Alfred almost took your spot today, Tex, you know. He's this close. He is this close to taking your spot. Where, where are you, Alfred? Pop back up and tell Tex you're going to take his spot. Um, take spot on, 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 on Instagram. On, on your Instagram live, he was going to be here. Tex, I also made sure that I told everyone that um, you're just under 3,000 followers, I believe. And um, to make yeah. sure that every, everybody in here is following you. Um, so we hit that 3,000 by the end of this live. Because I did tell them to go and message you to ask you where you are. So they should have always also all followed you when they came to message you. Um, so I've just gone through the questions again. Let me go back. Okay, this is a good one for you, Tex. That I think a lot of the time also think that there's no silly questions. So whether or not it's an in-depth property question or a question that you just don't have a clue about, don't know if it's an easy question, a hard question, just throw them out there. So um, this question was, can you explain yield? 
yield yes it's based on so a lot of people look at it a little differently um in terms of my perspective of yield that's um capital return on capital um left in a deal so not necessarily capital employed if i get if i get most of my money out in six mm -hmm. months so it's on a um, annual percentage return um how many years does it take to get back my money so if it takes me four years to get back my money mm -hmm. then quick maths that would be a 25 percent return if it takes me five years that'll be a 20 percent yield um i hope that makes sense so if you using figures if i bought a property for um hundred thousand pounds cash um mm -hmm. and my rent you know it's highly unlikely using kind of round numbers here but if my rent was grossing probably could potentially hmo grossing uh 25 grand mm -hmm. a year um i'd have a gross yield of 25 percent basically if it was getting 25 mm -hmm. a year the gross yield of 20 percent and so forth but again that's all based on if you're buying it cash if you're you know, you're just looking at your return effectively on your money uh um, okay were, so same numbers if you were buying um a four hundred thousand pounds house and you put 100k in and you had um three three hundred thousand pounds uh, mortgage basically okay amazing so somebody else has asked if you were starting out or you hadn't got into property yet um and you had let's give i'll give you some figures because people throw me these figures all the time yeah. if you had 40k mm -hmm. 80k and 150k what would you do in each of those scenarios let's say just for argument's sake for clarity that you have reasonable credit mm -hmm. and you're you're earning the uk average salary of twenty five thousand a year um i would probably in all of those scenarios get a good value uh residential to stretch a residential that I, which is what i did essentially um mm -hmm. I have <laughs> my residential <laughs> the deposit on my residential was 12k it was <laughs> 120,000 uh and it was worth 180 exactly so, so that, they, there there you go exactly that buy well and also maximize what you have so if you have maybe you don't have the largest deposit or you don't have the highest salary at the point in time to leverage the money you have if you have a great experience in property leverage that to find yourself a great deal you know get on the ladder off the yeah. back of that you said you've bought you've bought a property for one hundred and twenty thousand. Mm -hmm. it's effectively if you sold it tomorrow you'd make sixty thousand. you could refinance and probably get out a further forty thousand. so you've yeah. gone from a position to having twelve thousand pounds in the bank to now having forty thousand pounds in the bank so you've improved your financial position over three hundred percent in the course of you know a maximum of maybe 12 months yeah my, now, my broker was he was kind of confused he they never kind of actually the lender even said that he, they weren't going to lend me because if it was mortgage fraud because of the the value but i had explained that i negotiated well another value i had actually said it's not mortgageable because it's behind commercial um so i had offered 140 i went back in at 120 um and yes yeah, so that's the property i've been able to get second charge on and also got consent to let after 12 months so it's actually rented out um so which is amazing which means it's cash flowing it's yeah. you know it's um you know increased equity so yeah really good overall um quick question again we're going to try and wrap up just before seven because i was told in my dms if we do this for less than an hour that i can save it apparently and can, can um, you can then watch it back if you've missed it um so a quick question from the london property mom any tips from purchasing an auction tips for personal i don't 
I don't personally purchase at auction just because it doesn't. Um, I like strategy. I like to go in. I like to leverage existing contacts, um, tips. Perhaps try buy before the auction. Um, it's with you know the one property that kind of we've got was um, we're on homes of the hammer together. Mm. But um, aside, aside from that, it's I've always. I think I I like compounding um, and the benefits of relationships. You know, you go to an auction, you buy one property. Uh, you buy from an estate agent, you might buy ten properties through that through that transaction. You know, the compounding effect of that relationship. So um, tips, I just say um, make sure you do your due diligence. My neighbour across the road uh, bought a property um, for one hundred and fifty thousand. Should have been worth three hundred thousand. Um, she asked me to um, actually if I can do the kitchen. I looked at the property and my I was I was a bit nervous to tell her that I know the property doesn't have planning and it needs to be taken down. Um, but I told her in the end it had already been put forward to me by a relationship for an agent. Um, and she literally bought land. The auction title, the auction lot had been changed to land from three bedroom house just the day before the auction. Um, and she I just advised her to just walk away. Um, because she essentially just bought land and she has to take the property down. So it's a risky game, but uh, yeah. going with somebody that's bought at auction before, um, not for your first property, I'd say, um, and, you know, know, know your yeah. numbers. I think to add, to add to that, despite the fact I'm supposed to be just asking questions and I'm not allowed to talk, um, auction properties, make sure you check the addendums. Tex just mentioned addendums, which means edits to the auction description often made a day before. Employ and pay for services. So pay for a solicitor to do the due diligence on the property. Read the legal pack back to front. Really understand them. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of, there might may, be distress sales in auctions, but there's also, as Tex Jones just mentioned, a lot of properties that are being sold that, you know, have issues and you're buying issues. And if you're just buying it because it's cheap and you don't know the value of those issues, you could be completely overvaluing a property, as you mentioned, um, the issue with, with your friend. But I hope she managed to get things sorted there in the long term. Um, just scrolling back through because I'd love to ask these questions in the comments section. So, okay, very quickly, a couple quick Gang, give me, imagine this is an OCR, OCR, what were the examples called? The OCR was one, right? I feel like it was. OCR, it's only a, it's only a very brief two-mark question, nothing too in-depth. Where do you see um, property in five to seven years' time, um, prices and situation? Do you think COVID will change things um, like retail development, etc.? Five to seven years' time? Hmm. We're, we're in a city that, um, you know, think about the world, London, the heritage that London has, um, it, it's, it, has its, it has corrections, but you zoom out far enough and the trajectory is just going in one direction. Mm -hmm. um, you think about um, well, how wealth has travelled around the world from maybe Russia to the Middle East to China. As people no longer want to park their money in London, there's another middle class or, um, you know, billionaires rising in another nation that are looking to park their money in London. You know, London is a safe haven for wealthy people. Um, and I think on, you know, us that are investing in the suburbs of London, we're only going to rise, continue rising with the tide. Um, so I think 
even Birmingham, Manchester and other areas, um, the UK um, in general is, you know, it's, it's, it's on the world stage. It's going to remain on the world stage. Um, you know, I remember when we found out about Brexit, we were together. Um, it was a shock to the system, but people will just adapt. And I think London, if you don't want to invest in London, he will. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think so. I think what you said hit the, hit the nail on the head to start with. You see, if you look, you know, very closely, you see this. If you pull it back, you see this. So long term, you know, in where, where we are in five to seven years time, how are we looking at COVID? I remember talking to people that bought property in um, 2008, just after the recession that wish that had exchanged already and wish they could give the property back. Mm -hmm. That same property that they bought for £250,000 um, with the same development they were always planning on doing, that they wished they were actually considering letting their 10% deposit go of the 25000 Yeah, The asset is now worth over a million, 10 years down the line. So okay. it's quadrupled in value. Um, obviously, there's been development and added value there. However...